It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-S. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We were going to talk about the safety position today. We were going to do an off-season report card of sorts. We are going to save that for tomorrow. And the reason we are going to do that is we have... uh, Breaking news is the wrong way of putting it. It's not breaking news. But some players had some things to say. And we're going to talk about some things Emmanuel Sanders said about why he did not end up in Green Bay later in the show. But we're going to start with some things Blake Martinez said. As you may recall, Blake Martinez signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the New York Giants in free agency. He had a conference call with the New York media, and he had some tea to spill. He had some things to say about his time in Green Bay. And what he said to start was that Green Bay and and his representatives were never really close. And that Green Bay just doesn't value inside linebackers like they do for other teams. This is going to have repercussions for the way that we view the Packers offseason and the way that we view their projected draft as well. So something to keep an eye on there as we get toward the end of April and the NFL draft. He said that he was a cleanup guy, and that that's what he was told to be. And that last year in particular, he said he had no gap responsibilities in Green Bay, was basically told by Mike Pettin to play off whatever Zadarius and Preston Smith did in front of him, to, quote, make them right. And also defended his coverage ability, saying the Packers played a lot of matchup zones where it looks like a big play might be his responsibility, but in fact, wasn't. And this is a lot to unpack. But let's start here. This was what we suspected coming into free agency. The Packers just do not value the inside linebacker position in Mike Pettin's defense. And the reason they don't is because unless you have a Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner type player, they don't impact the game in a meaningful way relative to one another. And so You focus on pass rush, you focus on coverage because a linebacker doesn't do a lot of either one of those things in an impactful way unless they're a really, really, really good cover player and most linebackers, including Blake Martinez, by the way, just aren't. Now, what I find interesting is 
a little bit of this is telling on himself. In being critical of what the Packers asked him to do, he's basically admitting that they asked him to read and react to what was going on, play off the Smiths, who, by the way, are really, really, really good players, who played really, really, really well last year, and make them right. So if they're going to guess... You need, to, you need to be in the spot that they would have been. You need to know what's going on at all times. So you need to be able to read quickly, and then you need to be able to attack. There's still no explanation for him sitting and waiting with the hole open and Preston Smith on one side and Zadarius Smith in another gap, and there the running back is coming downhill, and Blake Martinez is four yards downfield. There's no excuse for that. Being the cleanup guy does not excuse you from attacking that lane. There's just nothing that you can say about that. So he can say that he was in a position to fail for the Packers. And it is true that when Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark were in the middle of the field in that Dom Capers defense, Blake Martinez was a much better run defender. He was an impact run defender. But that is a skill set that is very narrow in the league today. It, do, it only takes you so far. And what Green Bay said was, we don't care as much about that. We would rather have disruptive plays and let Zadarius and Preston Smith freelance and you clean up. Well, in order for that to work, you have to be able to process quickly. And he just doesn't do that consistently. He doesn't attack consistently. He doesn't fire coming downhill consistently. And the worst part of that scenario is he doesn't have the speed. So if you're going to read and react, if you're going to be a C-ball, get-ball linebacker, you have to have speed. And, and Blake just doesn't have it. So that puts him in a position where he's being asked to do something for the good of the defense that he is not good enough or athletic enough to do. It's not what he's ideally suited to do. I think genuinely he will be better in New York where they will let him do only the things that he's good at. But the problem is in the modern NFL, that really makes you a two-down linebacker. And he's just never been adept enough in coverage or had the speed to get sideline to sideline. And none of this means that what Mike Patton did was wrong. Mike Patton tried to use his best players in a position where they could succeed. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith knifing in to create tackles for loss is a useful part of your game plan. You'd rather create negative plays than try and be gap sound and, and play with gap integrity every play because you're going to lose those one-on-one -on -one battles. And you don't have a linebacker who's going to erase those mistakes or those losses in the front end. What Mike Patton realized was Blake Martinez is not good enough to build a defense around. And we knew this in real time. This is not armchair quarterbacking. We talked about all of these things last year during the season. We talked about them after the season. We talked about the failings against San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. And I've heard from a lot of fans, well, it's not on Blake. It's not just Blake. It takes a defensive front. And that's true. The outside guys did not play well, did not hold the edge in that game. But Blake Martinez, over and over again, failed to get to the sideline. Did not have the speed to get sideline to sideline. If you're only going to play with that one linebacker, you have to have that speed. He doesn't. And so the Packers were really always playing from behind in this way.
Now, none of the schematic disadvantages that Blake Martinez was put in, and again, I do think he was put in a position to fail in some ways, but it was for the betterment of the, the other really good players on the team. It was, it was done so that Zadarius Smith could be an impact run defender. Okay, so what does this mean for the Packers in terms of who they have now? Well, Christian Kirksey is one of the smartest, most instinctive linebackers in the league. And that doesn't mean he's the, one of the best. It just means that he is going to know where to be. And he can get there. He has the juice to get there. He comes downhill. He fires his guns. When he sees it, he's going to go get it. And he's going to play with force. It's just not something we saw from Blake Martinez. He was never comfortable in this Mike Patton defense. And it's because it was just a bad match from the start. And the Packers, including Mike Patton, don't value the position. I don't think they're going to take a player high in the draft. I don't think there's going to be a top 100 linebacker that the Packers say, that's our guy. I just don't think they value the position that way. I mean, their, start, their signal caller defender, someone who had led the league in tackles multiple times, was being offered, you know, 60, 70% of ultimately what his market value was. So that tells you that not only do they not think that highly of Martinez, I think it tells you that they don't really care as much about the position as other teams in the league. Now, whether or not you think that's right is is certainly up for debate. And if you're a longtime listener of this show or even really a short-time listener, you know where I come out on this. I've, I, I don't care that much about the linebacker position. And uh, maybe I'm wrong to feel that way. I'm, I'm open to being wrong. I think that you can make the run defense better with some better personnel and with a linebacker better suited to play that role. I think also having uh, an overhang defender, a second guy, uh, uh, that other linebacker, someone who can run. If you're going to be a cleanup guy, you have to be able to have the athleticism. So you either need to be so smart and so instinctive, you know where the ball is and can beat everyone there. And there are some linebackers who do that. Chris Borland was a great example. And I know he, he doesn't even like football anymore, actively campaigns against football. But the reason that he was so good is not because he was such a freak athlete. He was just so smart and instinctive, he always knew where to be. And so he'd beat everyone there. Kirksey is and can be that kind of guy. He diagnoses in a flash. Now, sometimes that aggressiveness can, can work against him. And that's something that you know we talked about on the show after they signed him. He can be baited with play action. But it, if, if you're counterbalancing that with some splash plays and some negative plays, and you trust your guys on the back end, that is something that you can deal with. Now, how does this all fit into who they could be looking at in the draft? That's something I want to talk about in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Echelon. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to go to a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in shape this year is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bike that offers a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of Peloton. We're all inside. We can't go out. We can't go to the gym. We can't go to our, our boxing class or our boot camp class. But you know what you can do? In your own home, you can ride 
your Echelon bike. You'll love Echelon. And if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give you your money back. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited-time free Apple iPad, another thing you could use right now, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L, echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Okay, so the Packers don't value the linebacker position. They want someone who can read and react quickly, who can make your outside linebackers right, guys that are going to knife in, who are going to shoot gaps, who are going to try and make plays in the backfield, and who has the speed to get sideline to sideline because they're going to be out on the field on an island, and there are going to be times when they have to react a little slower because they're not sure exactly where Some of their teammates are going to be. So as soon as they ID what's going on, they have to be able to fly to the ball carrier. Now, I don't want to step too much on what we're going to talk about tomorrow with the safeties. But something that I wrote about for Acme Packing Company yesterday was this option of adding a nickel defender. And there were a couple different players that I mentioned in that piece, guys who who would fill the Ibrahim Campbell spot the Raven Green spot, the Will Redman spot. And now Will, when Redman was on the field, he was really playing the, the Amos spot. Amos moved into the green spot. Are you following all of this? I know it's confusing. If you were going to pick a type of athlete who can do all of those things, most of them are safeties because they can move with the agility required to cover up those kinds of holes and you hope you don't have guards and and you know centers running free at at that box defender. So guys like Grant Delpit, guys like Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin, there are these players who fit that box safety type mold 
who could be interesting to the Packers. They're not true linebackers. Now, are there linebackers on day three? Because it seems like if you're not going to pay Blake Martinez and it's because you don't value the position, then it is incoherent to sign Christian Kirksey and then go use a high draft pick on a linebacker. Now, of course, if you see value there, you make it happen. And I think, you know, Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen are each the kind of guys who have the speed to make that work. And yes, the Packers do play a lot of those match zone coverages. They don't ask their linebacker to do a lot of covering one-on-one. So someone like Kenneth Murray, who doesn't have a lot of experience doing that, someone like Zach Bond, who doesn't have a lot of experience in one-on-one coverage, maybe they make some sense for Green Bay. But again, I don't know that it makes any sense to say we don't value this position. We're not going to re-sign Martinez. We're going to find this this potential upside veteran for, for low cost and see what we got. And then go use a first or a second round pick on a linebacker. Now, I really like in the third round. Let's start having the conversation about that in the third round because you may need to go to the third round to get this player. Maybe the injury pushes him down. Akeem Davis-Gaither is a name that we talked about when we did our linebacker show. I love Akeem Davis-Gaither. He is not someone who is ready to be uh, an every-down inside linebacker, but he has the, the twitchiness, the explosiveness, the aggressiveness, and the athletic talent to be the kind of off-ball linebacker that Green Bay is looking for. He's a player that I think could appeal to the Packers and that they could say, you know, let's say they get a receiver in the first round or the second round, an offensive tackle in the first two rounds, and they're sitting there and they're trying to pick between a defensive lineman and a linebacker. If Akeem Davis-Gaither is there, I love the value. I don't love this defensive line class. And maybe, maybe between now and, you know, the end of April, they've signed Damon Harrison. Or, you know, they found someone else that they think can go out and play snaps for them on the inside. Then it makes it a lot easier to, you know, you can call it a reach for ADG. I wouldn't. I think he's a top 50 player, but he got hurt. And so we don't know what the testing is. We don't know what the what the medicals are. I don't know if we're going to get those. I mean, he's going to send around the medicals from his doctor if he gets to see one. And, and you hope that, you know, you can find someone locally, a specialist who is, you know, not part of this, this COVID-19 response. That's a name that I think makes a lot of sense. Some other guys on day three, Michael Walker from Fresno State, not a freak athlete, but athletic enough. And, you know, if if you want to have another guy come in and compete, go for it. I, I think he's that kind of player. It makes more sense to me, though, in a situation like this. You have Christian Kirksey. Let's see Oren Burks get healthy and, and get a chance to go through the offseason again. Let's see Curtis Bolton get healthy and get a chance to go through this process again. And if you can find some interior defensive line help, or you can find an upgrade to that Ibrahim Campbell Raven Green spot. You're sitting there at, in the in the late 90s, and someone like you know Kyle Duggar is still on the board. Maybe Jeremy Chin, someone like that could still be on the board. Maybe you're sitting there at 62, and you you got a receiver at 30, and Jeremy Chin is looking looking nice. Can run, can cover, will hit you. 
Well, that makes it a lot easier to say, okay, with that in mind, it's okay to have Bolton, Summers, Burks, and day three pick whoever go out there. You know, Davion Taylor from Colorado, you know, in the fourth or fifth round, guy runs 4-4. And he doesn't have many other skills, doesn't have many other traits, but the guy can flat out fly. So maybe you think you can harness something there. If you want to see ball, hit ball linebacker, you can do a lot worse than having someone with outstanding athleticism. Now, the one thing I'll add in all of this is the trait that I value at linebacker above all else. And one of the reasons why I'm so high on the Kirksey deal, instincts are very, very difficult to learn. So if you don't have feel for the game, if you, if you are slow to process and read and react, because some players can see it and their body, it takes them too long to, for their brain to tell their body to go and to pull the trigger. And sometimes it's a confidence issue. Sometimes it, this is just how your, your brain works. I mean, it's just we don't, we don't even have, I think, a full understanding of you know, the, the biology of it, the, the brain chemistry of it. They, they study stuff like this. And I'm sure we could have some some neurobiologist come on and explain it or attempt to explain it. Instincts are seeing something and being able to react to them. And, and I think you can train yourself to read. You can train yourself to understand what you're seeing. But then can you come down and make a play? Playmaking is intuitive. Playmaking is often instinctive. I, mean, I think it's a gift. It's like... You know, you can become a really good dancer. You can learn all the technique and you can study the best ones. But there is a certain virtuoso innate ability that you either have or you don't. I think comedy is the same way. Music is the same way. These are all creative endeavors. But I think football in a lot of ways is an art. It's not a science. And there are some abilities that you are just born with. There's, there's, it's difficult to explain why Aaron Rodgers can do certain things that other quarterbacks can't do, that Patrick Mahomes can do certain things that other quarterbacks can't do, can see things, that Tom Brady can see things and anticipate things in ways that other people can't. There's an innate ability there that we just can't explain, we can't quantify. For linebackers, it's the same thing. And so I value that among all else. It's the most important thing to me. And unfortunately, I think Blake Martinez more or less admitted that he didn't have them on the level that Green Bay needed him to have. He needed it to be cleaner and he needed it to be more intuitive for him. He needed to be the one making all the decisions. And for some people, that works better. Others, they're able to play off someone else. It's like a great jazz trio. You don't know exactly the notes they're going to play, but you have a framework. And if you stay within the framework, the music all works. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest Completion percentage, other than Josh Rosen, he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger 
a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to finish up here with some comments from another player who isn't in Green Bay. And Emmanuel Sanders went on the radio yesterday and said that one of the reasons that he didn't go to Green Bay was the weather. He didn't want to go to Wisconsin. He didn't want to play in the cold. And this is something that I think we underrate. We assume a lot of athletes only think about the things that we think about. Because when we talk about athletes, so often what we are judging is winning. And we prize winning above all else because it is our only way to access the game, really. I mean, from the outside, we are seeing the outcomes. And we value the wins and the losses. But the players value a lot more than that. The players value circumstance. They value bosses. They value all the things that we value when we are looking at a job. I mean, I don't know why we think of this any differently than anyone else's job. Yes, you want to go to the place that is the best if you can. You want to go to a place where you're going to have a success individually and as a company. Of course you want that. But once you're in the NFL... Most jobs are good jobs. Now, there are bad coaches. There are bad owners. There are bad coordinators. If you're a receiver, there are bad quarterbacks. Emmanuel Sanders was choosing between the Saints, the Packers, and the Cowboys. You've got three winning organizations. You've got two Super Bowl winning head coaches and a young up-and-coming head coach who just went 13-3. and You've got Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. And... You've got Dallas, New Orleans, and Green Bay. No wonder he's not in Green Bay. And remember, Charles Woodson was not like Reggie White. He didn't want to come to Green Bay. It was the only only offer that he got that he thought was reasonable. And the Packers paid a premium for Zadarius Smith. And they paid a lot of money to Preston Smith. Now, that's not to say that those guys needed a premium to come to Green Bay because maybe they would have otherwise. But Green Bay did have to overpay a little bit for those guys. And it is well known that Green Bay has long not been a hot spot for free agents. We know this. And it's because they don't think about it from purely winning terms. They think about, surprise, the quality of their life. And when you have three good quarterbacks and three good coaches and three good organizations, yeah, you're going to go to the place that you think you would most enjoy physically, literally being. And it's hard for me to blame him that that place would be New Orleans. It's warm there. They have awesome food there. The people are going to love you. It's It's a small town feel, but the options of a big town in terms of you know, things to do, places to go, access to, to music and arts and food and culture. I love Green Bay, but it's not New Orleans, guys. I, I mean, I hate to break it to you. So we have to view off-season moves through, through moves that were possible. 
it's not like the Packers missed out on Emmanuel Sanders because they made some lowball nonsense offer. They made a real play for Sanders. He chose to go somewhere else. A player has to come to Green Bay of his own volition in free agency. They have to want to come. It's the same deal with with trading down. Oh, the Packers, this is something we've talked about with Rashawn Gary a bunch. Oh, well, they should have traded down from 12. All right, who's trading up? Who's coming to get someone at 12? There has to be a willing trade partner as well. Otherwise, we're just banging our heads against the wall. And speaking of banging our heads against the wall, we're going to be back here tomorrow. (laughs) No, I love doing this. Uh, We will talk about the safety position tomorrow. I want to talk about more of these players, how they could impact the Packers' defense, and I think it actually fits really well with the conversation that that we had today. It's why I wanted to have it first. And, you know, one is is semi-breaking news, one is actually happening now, and one we're just talking about because it's draft season. So a, a, a fun discussion coming tomorrow, hopefully. I'll do my best. Uh, remember, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go listen to Locked on Bucks. Go listen to some of the other shows. Uh, support them as well. It's really important that, that we spread the love around here. Listen to Locked On Packers on your your smart device, your Google Home, your Google Mini, your Alexa, your assorted wireless devices. I don't know. There's a million of these now. I can't keep them all straight. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. We're going to do a mailbag show later in the week. So send me your questions. Send me your comments. Send me your wish lists, your draft crushes, all of those things. Hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline 920. 920- 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.